Today, we're in the second part of this new mini-series that we're in called Foundations, or new series called Foundations. Last week, we looked at the foundation of being in the presence of God, the, this, the need for us to live and pursue His pre- presence. And some of the key takeaways, just as a reminder, you'll be able to get it on the, on the audio once that's, once that's released. But some of the key takeaways was the statement of God wants to be in your presence. That so often we think about pursuing God and trying to get to God, but actually this thing of actually, guys, don't forget how much God wants to be in your presence. That abiding in him isn't some like something that we earn or we've been so good that God says, okay, you can now spend some time with me. It's something we choose to be in his presence. And it's the foundation for everything else. That Everything else flows out of that place. It will impact how we do everything else. If we're being a husband, a friend, if we're running a business, all these things will be affected by our proximity to the Father. That apart from him, we can do nothing. Remember, we, we looked at that verse, didn't we, about the vine and the, when the vine's cut off. Like, uh, we've got to abide in him because apart from him, we can do nothing. And these foundations, this series is these foundations of essential kind of beliefs, essential practices and mindsets that are at the very bedrock of our whole worldview, our whole, everything that we believe. And I'm excited that God's asked us to do this and put these foundations in place because it shows he's going to build something. You guys may remember I shared last week, I had another series I was going to do now and God said, no, don't do that. You've got to do this one. And so I've come to do this foundation series and that's exciting. So it means he's going to build something. And I don't mean about the church whilst it will impact the church. I'm talking about you because you guys are the church. So it's going to build something awesome in your lives which will play out and we'll see it on a larger scale together in the church. So today's big idea, today's big idea, God is a good father. God is a good father. God is good, right? It can seem a little cliched. It can seem a little simple. And this, this, I find this picture quite grating actually, but I put it in even though I didn't like it um, because there's like that choice. And I got, I got really emotional actually. I can't believe I'm crying. I haven't even started. Um, that sometimes, sometimes we, there are people who are believers, but we don't realize the goodness of God. So we stand by the tree. Yeah. So potentially you're feeling like that today. You know, it can seem simple or cliched, kind of that saying or that phrase, God is a good God, you know, or God is good all the time. All the time? Yeah, we know it, don't we? We just say it. It just trips off the tongue. And it's a true statement. It's an awesome statement. But often it's a reality that we don't live in. We say it, but we don't live in the fullness of it. Often we say he's good and live as if he isn't. Or live as if we kind of hope he was good. We kind of know he's good in theory, but we're not 100% sure that we trust his goodness to step onto. And that's the thing that we're challenging ourselves in today. That's what we're challenging ourselves in today. What foundation do we have in our lives, do you have in your life, concerning the goodness of God? What we're going to try and do is bring into alignment this belief 
that God is good. Maybe it's just a head knowledge that God is good. So that it's not just there as a concept, but that it actually impacts how we live. That it impacts our walk. That it is the foundation that we build on. That it is the foundation that we stand on. That we make decisions from. I'm going to do this, which seems nuts and crazy and ridiculous. But it's okay, because I know God is good. And that's why I'm stepping out like that. Or even that great example from Angel's testimony there. I can live in joy and I can live like this in hope despite all the rubbish that's gone on and the people in the world around me are just amazed. How can you live like that? I can live like that because God is good and I've got a hope of what he's bringing me into. See, a life that lays a foundation of this authentic belief that God is good can go so much further. We want to go far in life. God wants you to go far in life. Can go so much further and have so much more impact than one that doesn't stand on him or build their life on this truth that God is good. That God is good. My prayer is that that would be the bedrock, the foundation in our lives. One of our core values, if you were here over our vision series, one of our core values as a church is courageous, radical faith. Courageous, radical faith. And the bedrock of courageous, radical faith, the foundation of that is this 120% belief that God is good. You know, I want us to be people that, that like rock, you know, the sweet, not, not the stone, like rock, we've got written through our core God is good that we just know in the depths of our soul God is good because that when we know God is good can lead us to places where we step out in courageous radical faith because that's what we're standing on and I know as well this concept of a good father can be hard can't it? it can be hard to relate to for some folks who maybe haven't had good dads haven't had good fathers Maybe for some people who haven't even known their fathers. And so I get this topic can be hard. And for me, my prayer is that today, as I speak and as I share, that the Holy Spirit is going to do a work in you and give you this deeper revelation of the goodness of the fatherhood of God. And you know what? If you are in Christ today, he is your father. Despite what's happened in the past, despite maybe never knowing dad, maybe having a dad that's messed up, he is your father. My hope is that you would discover the goodness of the fatherhood of God and what that means for you. You know, for me, I'm really blessed to have a great dad. I'm really blessed. And I share that not to say kind of, look at me, like, it's amazing, you know. I share it just to give some earthly example of maybe people who've never seen this or experienced it, what a good earthly dad could even be like. So things like anything I've needed, he's always provided. He's challenged me more. You know, he's never provided for, for me in a way that's to my detriment. You know, like, just spoil me. So, so much stuff that I just sit around and do nothing. He's made provision for my future. He's never forced me on a particular path to follow his dreams for me, to follow what he wants my life to look like. Me, I'm a dad. I've got three children. Two of them are strapped to my beautiful wife, Jess, over there. I know my love and my heart as a father towards my children. You know, if that kind of goodness if I think about that if that kind of goodness is found in my heart in a sinful human heart towards 
my children, towards our children, how much more wonderful and amazing is God's heart towards his children, us, his church. He's given us the right to become his children. We said last week that we could never lose that right. And to lay this foundation that God is a good father, it's going to transform your life. It's one thing that switches in your mind and in your heart, but it will transform your life. And I really mean foundation. When I say foundation, I really mean it in a building sense, not this kind of concept of it's some important truth, but it is something that you can build on and build with. To lay a foundation, if you're building a house, you remove what's there. Maybe today, for some of you guys, you've got to remove some of the thinking that you've got. You've got to repent. It means change your mind, change your thinking. Re and pent is to do with thinking. It may take time, but once that foundation's laid, you can build high off it. You know those guys, they're building and building and building. Nothing seems to be happening. And then suddenly, whoo, the building goes up. And there's so many Christians, believers, and I put myself in this over, over the years, right? Believe things about God and how he acts which just aren't in the Bible. They're just not there. They're not in the Bible. They are a lie of the enemy. And if we believe that lie, it's to the detriment of our, of our foundation. So if we take them on board and we live in those false things as the foundations, or those things in, in form of view which is false and forms a foundation in our lives, it completely messes us up. It means that we probably won't even try to build, that we'll hesitate, that we'll be afraid, we'll be fearful. It's exactly what the enemy's done since the very beginning. In Genesis 3, 1 says this, Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from any tree in the garden? The enemy deceived Eve, didn't he? He deceived Eve. How did he do it? He did it by questioning God. He did it by questioning God. And actually, the unspoken thing at the root of everything that's going on is questioning God's goodness towards them. Questioning, actually, how much goodness has God? God's trying to withhold stuff from you. He doesn't want you to have this. And the whole thing at the end is about he doesn't want you to be like him. Our perception of reality, of God's goodness, matters. And some of you are here today, and you may be holding the beliefs about God that you need to do that changing of thinking, that repenting about. What are some of our core mindset shifts that happen then when we begin to see God as this good father. And they're the things that I wanna, I'm going to go into five key areas today to challenge our thinking on the goodness of God. And as well, I hope from these that you'll be able to see how they touch, maybe impact specific areas in your life. This foundation of the goodness of God, it actually, in a very logical way, can touch many areas in your life. So the first one that I'm going to share, the first point of these five, I just want to share. It's a very much, it's this overarching principle that covers, it covers all the others as well. But it's so, it's so key that I've just got to share it. It's grace and works. Grace and works. You will have heard me 
if you've been here for a while, speak time and time and time again. It's like banging this drum, grace and works, grace and works, all the time, okay, concerning salvation, that we can never, ever earn our way to God, that our good behavior never makes us right before God. We can't get there in our own efforts because it's all because of Christ. Our our eternal standing, our righteousness, our justification before God is all because of Jesus. But you know what? Sometimes we can so easily be like, okay, well, eternity is easy for God. He's got that. But actually here in the here and now, mm, I've got to earn that stuff. Not true. You never earn your way to God through works, but also we can never earn our way with God, the favor of God, the blessing of God into our lives through our works either. So your life on earth and the favor of God in it is totally by grace, totally by grace. And the only thing that will stop us living in that is not accepting it, not receiving it, saying, I've got to earn that, Romans 5, 17 says, For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and, and two things, of the gift of righteousness, right standing before God, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, not through their own efforts and strengths, but through Christ. This is a linchpin truth. You've got to get this. You misunderstand this, and it will lead you into a whole bunch of bad places, of unhelpful places. You get it right, and it will be a beautiful signpost in how you process things, how you read the Word, how you read the Bible, how you live your life, how you come into that abundant provision of grace, that favor of God flowing into your life. How do we do that? We receive it. We receive it. What confidence do you have that actually God's going to bless you? He's a good father. He's a good father. See, if you don't believe he's a good father, then maybe his favor towards you is shaky. It's it's not 100% always going to be towards you that oh actually I messed up today God's removing his favor from me but his favor is yes and amen towards us so our relationship as the children of God between us and God is not based on works it's not based on our achieving him our achieving his love God never expects us to earn anything from him or meet a certain standard you know imagine if I withheld my love from my daughters or my son because they didn't meet a standard or I didn't provide for Eliana's dinner if she messed up that day you know if she messed up if she didn't meet the standard you know I don't provide for my children because They necessarily deserve it every day. Bertie vomits on me all the time, on Jess Moore. I don't do it because they've earned it. I provide because I love them. God doesn't bless and provide for our family because we deserve it, because we're amazing Christians. 
we're not. He does it because he loves us. Imagine, guys, imagine if we could stop thinking that we have to earn something from him and actually realize that we're like that older brother in the prodigal son story. And I just want to remind you, I'm going to read those verses to you about this. So it's Luke 15, 28 to 31. Here are the verses. This is the, the younger brother, prodigal son, has returned, and they're throwing that party, and the older brother's really annoyed, angry. It says, the older brother became angry, this is to the dad, and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father this. He said, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and, and never disobeyed your orders. I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never, you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. I'm going to carry on in a minute, but, you know, the elder brother believes his receiving, even the tiniest blessing, that baby goat, is based on his works, his slaving for the father. I've done everything for you. I've, uh, I've obeyed you in everything. I've never disobeyed you. Obeyed all the laws. Obeyed all the rules, right? Carrying on. Verse 30. But when, his, but when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf in him. The fatted calf, the one for celebration, the most amazing, the most amazing one. You haven't given me a goat, and yet you're killing the, the fatted calf for this guy. My son, the father says, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. <sighs> everything that's mine is yours. It always has been. He's upset because he was never given a goat. But the fatted calf, the goat, the land, the barn, the stables, the feed, everything as far as their land reached was his. That's a verse to the church. It's a verse to you and to me that you never have to live in this kind of poverty thinking that you've got to achieve something so God can just give you a young goat, whatever your young goat is. When the truth is that he says, everything's mine, that everything is at your disposal, and it always has been. See, misunderstanding the goodness of God can lead us to live in this mindset of this mindset of poverty, where God's not good to us, or He's not giving us, where we have to try and earn something from Him. So am I saying some kind of crazy prosperity stuff? No. No. It's just a good dad. Does it mean we can just ask for whatever? And it's like poof, comes like right there and then. No. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Because he's not a genie, he's a good father. Okay? See, sometimes we ask for things in our brokenness, in our foolishness, which if we got it, it would completely destroy you. It would completely destroy us. You know, Eliana loves the car. Great blessing for us. Eliana loves it. And she says, she's just like, I, th I, said, I seem to remember actually right at the beginning, she said, can I drive it? You know, if, if she asked for that, I wouldn't let her drive the car, would I? I wouldn't let her. 
if I let her, people would look at me and they wouldn't say, look at, what a great dad. They'd be like, he's a nutcase, you know. Call the police, there's a three-year-old driving a car in Charcot May, you know. What a nutter. Your your kid could have got hurt. What an unloving thing to do to agree to their request. I want a million dollars, Lord. I remember saying this. I want a million dollars. It was the Euro Millions. I was back in Edinburgh. This was years ago. And who, who's done this? Who's prayed for lottery numbers? Don't be ashamed. Hands up for lottery numbers. Shame on you. No, just joking. <laughs> just joking. Just joking. Just joking. Um, just joking. Yeah, I remember praying for it and, you know, nothing happened. But actually, in hindsight, if I'd been given a million, like a million euros, I guess it would have been, or a lot, no, a hundred million it would have destroyed me. I didn't have the maturity. I wasn't in the place to handle the blessing of God. Could he give me a million, or hundred million? Sure he could. But he needs to make sure his kid's in the right place to handle the blessing. Same as my dad. He doesn't just give me like a bucket load of money because it would probably destroy me. Not now, I'm getting better, you know. Also, it would have robbed me of something worth far more than a hundred million. When we came out here, that learning to trust God, the lessons of, ah, God, you've got to catch me. Because sometimes we can make money into our good father instead of him. But God is a good father. And that means that he never gives to us because we earn and deserve it. We receive because he loves us. But also, he loves us so much that he withhold from us the things that we aren't ready to deal with. We aren't ready to receive. Sometimes our character isn't ready for the blessing. You you get to a place and, whoa, everyone's looking at you. Well, I hope you got your pride under control because that can be a really hard blessing to receive. And even when we're ready for the blessing, stay accountable. If you've been praying for something and it's big and you get it, it's awesome. But stay accountable because blessing is great, but blessing isn't easy. So you just stand up here and say, God, make you super rich. That's not an easy blessing to get. If God gives you a blessing, you become accountable for it. You become a steward for it. And it may be, it may be wealth. It may be responsibility over people spiritually in different levels and degrees. It may be over people uh, economically, financially, where you're becoming an employer, where their entire, their entire life is actually pinned into what you're doing at that moment. Status. They're all good things, but blessing can be hard. And I said last week, remember we said about the source of blessing is the presence of God, that David just kind of just comes into the tent, doesn't he? We said last week, he sits down and he's just like, God, why'd you bless me so much? It's like, David, you're in the presence of God, that from the presence of God, the blessing flows. But also the presence of God is the only safe place to receive the blessing. That if we receive the blessing and then we wander outside and head off on our own direction with the blessing of God, because we've got freedom to go and do what we choose. God doesn't like twist our arms. So you've got to stay here. You got to, if, you, if you're getting blessed right now, stay in the presence of God. It's the only safe place for you to be because outside of the presence of God, there is a whole bunch of bad roads that blessing can lead you down. A great example is Solomon. Starts awesome, ends pretty badly, doesn't it? Point number two. Man, you guys are thinking, what? We're only in point number two. Don't worry, this will go a bit faster, hopefully. Sickness and health. 
and you can also to some degree in some aspects trials and trials and sufferings but particularly sickness and health uh, i think one of the saddest things that i ever hear is when someone attributes their sickness their pain and their suffering as something from god and there's this kind of weird cheerfulness to justify it and say oh isn't it wonderful i've got this and i really feel god's trying to teach me a lesson through this and he's given me this thing so that i can become more whatever it is okay sure we can learn and we can grow through suffering absolutely but god is never the author of it never the author no way you know what would happen to a human father who wanted to teach his child patience who wanted to teach his child to grow in their dependency on others and so they think i've got a great idea i'll break his legs go break his legs he gets his sledgehammer breaks his kid's legs he says i'm so pleased with myself i'm such a good dad now they're going to be bedridden for six months that they're going to learn to push through pain they're going to they're going to learn to rely on people they're going to that psychopath right not a good dad the guy would get locked up the guy would get completely locked up the dad would be in prison he would be made to go and see a psychologist that's what would happen to a human dad that did that yet how often do we attribute to god the attributes of a violent psychopathic parent how often do people call gap gad god out for, <laughs> for behavior like that okay god a father who's more amazing more wonderful more loving more compassionate more interested in you more able to teach you how able is he to teach you patience right how able is he to teach you patience and long suffering it doesn't need to break your legs it may cause you to call he may ask you to go and start a church that's a joke guys. how much do you think it breaks his heart when his kids believe a lie of hell like that about him I can I just sorry guys that there's just something so deeply wrong with that you just gotta hold it because if anyone ever says that to you don't nod and smile you gotta correct it because it's not just wrong it is a lie from the deepest place of hell Jesus you know he was whipped for our diseases wasn't he he was whipped for our diseases he was broken so that we could be made whole god the father he doesn't promote and propagate the stuff that he sent jesus to go to the cross for to pay for you to be completely released and freed from it makes literally no sense it makes no sense i quite often call myself a stupid christian because i realize what's god god's done later but i'm not so stupid to miss that it makes literally no sense is one one hand's fighting against the other our healing this healing it's part of our full salvation isn't it it's part of our full salvation this sozo healing healing of our minds healing physically healing emotionally healing spiritually that we become whole and have this wholeness in our life god is good and he wants you healthy end of story god wants you healthy and he heals supernaturally but he also has blessed people with a heart to see healing come with skills and technology to bring healing doctors hospitals we've grown through our learning 
you know, through growing in our wisdom concerning health and healthy living. So don't say, I'm never going to go to a hospital. You know, sometimes God's going to heal supernaturally. Sometimes he's going to, we're going to see the hospitals heal. You know, and also, even if healing doesn't come, which I, I find sometimes really hard to get my head around, but it's something that happens, right? He is still good. Because we have eternal life in him. And we live in this eternal life today. We don't die, right? Our bodies may be breaking, but our lives aren't ending. Never believe the lie in your trial or suffering that the author of it, the author, is God. Sure, he can use it, but he's never the author. Point number three. Potential, purpose, and destiny. Good name for a church. When we know and believe that God's a good father, it's going to change our whole perspective. It's going to change our whole approach and view of purpose and destiny. It changes it. You know, I want my kids to have a, f a fulfilled life, a great life, lives of impact and influence in whatever it is they choose to do, whether that's to lots of people or to one person. I want them to really love their lives. How much more does God really want you to love your life, to love it, to be excited by it, to be excited to get up in the morning in his presence and say, let's do this thing, God. You know, Jesus says, I've come so that they may have life and life in all its fullness. Not I've come so that they may find out about me, toddle along till they die, and then we'll have a party and a big meal in heaven. No, that's not what he says. It's for your fullness of life. He didn't come to just get you to heaven. He came to get heaven into you so that you could bring heaven to your world. That's exciting. That's a fullness of life right there. He calls each of us to pursue him. He calls each of us into purpose into destiny and the question isn't do I have a purpose does God have some plan for me or am I just like an like this person that just goes along and I have come to church on a Sunday that's not the question you have a purpose you have a destiny it's are we willing to engage with that and follow God into that and speak to him about it and dwell in his presence about that and I know so many of you guys you've got dreams and desires and I love knowing about your different things that you guys are journeying on and seeing different people live live them out in different ways i love that andrew owen he's the founder of destiny ministries he often says you only get one life so make it a life worth living so how we spend our time on earth it's important to god it's important to him he really cares what you do what father wouldn't right what father wouldn't care what we do and i encourage you at this point don't judge purpose or destiny through human eyes. It doesn't mean that we've got to do some incredibly great feats, right, by human standards. Be some person that maybe would, if we were at that time, rock up in the Bible or something like that. Lead a nation. We can't all lead nations, right? We've all got a part to play. That God's all got a plan for us. It may be being a mum, being an amazing teacher. It may be whatever your career, whatever you're passionate about, being awesome in that place, bringing heaven into that place. It may be starting something, a charity, a business, whatever it is. 
Whatever you've been called into is going to be significant. Never think that your life and where you're at, you're not significant. You can have eternal impact. You know, you can have eternal impact no matter how big your audience is. It may just be an audience of one. Now, that doesn't seem too amazing to the world, right? But wait a generation or two. And it, you may be the parent of a world changer. See, some of you are sat here and, or maybe listening to the podcast and you've got a dream and a, and a desire. And I believe, just to encourage you guys, unless it's completely contrary to the Bible, right? So like starting a, I don't know, an arms ring or something like that. I'm not arm ring, I'm talking about guns, arms ring. That he gives us the desires of our hearts. It's this slither of his heart that we get. Our dad's like, hey, you'd be great at this. This is, this is on my heart. And he puts it there in our hearts. He made us, didn't he? But there are, can be things that when we're talking about stepping out into something that lock us down, that stop us moving forwards into the things that God's calling us into, into the destiny he's calling us into. And I believe this foundation of a good father, knowing he's a good father, is going to help us do that step, going to help us step out into that. Because he's so for you. You know, imagine making your decisions not from a foundation of apprehension and fear, but from a foundation where he is a good father. Your security sorted. Your security, your provision is done. He said he's going to take care of you. God's for you, helping you, investing in you. He's there to be in his presence, giving you advice, giving you wisdom. He wants you to win. And even if it doesn't work out quite as you imagined the thing that you're doing to work out, he's never going to say, oh, you're a loser, you failed. He praises you. That was awesome. What happened there? I'm using that to build something amazing in you. You learn and you grow. What an adventure. What a joy. What a joy. Imagine if Bill Gates was your dad and you were setting out on something and you're like, oh, I'm going to do this thing, but I'm just really worried because I've got this rent to pay and I'm, I've got, I, I just don't know. And the, your friend would be like, Bill Gates is your dad. Has he, not said that he'd, has he not said that he'd help you out? He said, oh yeah, he did. It's like, I have any father. Has he said he'd help us out? Well, yeah, he has. He's written it in a book and keeps saying time and time again, ask anything of the father and it'll be given to you. Ask anything of the father and it will be given to you. See, the Lord, as well, when we go on these journeys with God, whatever it may be, he walks a different path. He doesn't follow necessarily the natural paths of the world, the way things seem to go, the safe ways, the, the, the progression ways. Although quite often, quite often, even in those ways, he, he's going to surprise you, you know, like the surprise interview or something like that. Walking with the Lord into your destiny at some point will nearly always lead you off a cliff bring you to the cliff edge where you're walking and you're like oh god this is great and then you come to the cliff edge where you're like there's no more road there's no more road see because when we walk and we're just walking we can go as far as we can see we can go as high as we can jump we can go as far as our legs are going to take us but actually, he needs you in his arms to get you to where your legs, your ability, your sight can't take you. He wants to get you to a place where your eyes can't see. And that's what he can take you into when we jump off the cliff. 
So it isn't just in starting a new venture. I'm talking. About, I'm not talking about taking that risk to start the thing, or this, or an organisation, a business, whatever it is. It can also be in the seemingly normal, but you'll only hear it from the being in the presence of God. Could be your that professional mum or dad. Okay. There are places that even in the seemingly normal things, he wants to take you to that you can't see unless you're fully in his arms. Walking up off that cliff, though, is next to impossible if we don't see him as a good father, right? If we doubt his goodness, we probably won't jump. Jump, son, I'll catch you. When Eliana and I go to school, there's this part in the, on the path at the back where she likes, it's like a ramp like this, and the path slows down. She loves to run up it, and then she goes up it and then stands at the top, and don't you, Snooby? You, and then she jumps off it, and I catch her. Why does she do that? She does it because she knows I'm going to catch her. I'm sure if one day I drop her, she won't be so quick to do it the next day, right? She knows I'm going to catch her, and she's got, the more, the more we go through it, the more... The, the first time it's a bit like, oh. but actually the more I catch her, the more the father catches us, the more ready we are just to jump. How much joy as well, how much joy it gives the father when his children, it's us, when his children don't wonder if he'll catch them, but laughing just run and throw themselves into his arms. No doubt in our hearts where he calls us into impossibility but to us, it just seems so possible because our father has stood right there in the midst of impossibility. Point number four is generosity, provision, and blessing. And I touched on it a little bit with the parable of the son, but I want to stress it because it's so important that God is a giving God, that because he's a good God, he gives. We give to our kids, right? Many have this completely wrong idea about the generosity of God. But God's so good. He's more ready to give than you are to ask. When we don't see the goodness of God, we don't really understand the generosity of God. See, he isn't rewarding certain people for doing certain things, great things and awesome things for him. Actually, those people who do awesome things for him have done them because they've realized his goodness. They've realized his goodness and they know the generosity that comes from that. So a weak foundation, a weak foundation in this understanding of his goodness, that's why we've got to lay it because it, it will affect the rest of your life. These messages may be some of the most important messages that you'll build the rest of your life on. A weak foundation in understanding his goodness will drastically impact how we understand his generosity. And it will drastically impact our confidence in his, in his actually giving to us, which will diminish our expectancy of him, which will diminish the impact that he wants to have through us. We may think that God just gives us a reward, but you know, I hope you know now today, it's not how he, how he works. It's not because we've earned anything. It's just not the case. We may not step out and trust that 100% he's going to come through for us, through with our provision. We often believe the lie that something else, and this is a challenge maybe for your heart, that something else is the foundation of your provision, your job, your employment, another person, money itself. And then if that's the case, 
when that goes, because it can go like that, can't it? When that goes, there's that, ah, moment. My whole foundation has fallen away. You want an immovable foundation for your security, for your provision? Put it in your Father. Put it in your Father. Matthew 5, 48 says this. It says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. There's this call in Matthew's words for us to reflect the Father into the world. We cannot reflect, and this is very important, we cannot reflect the generosity of the Father, the incredi- that incredible goodness into the world if we first don't see it, believe it, understand it, and live in it ourselves. The world needs to see that God's a good God. The world needs to see that he's so generous to his kids. The world's got to see that. But first, we've got to live in it for them to even see it. This isn't just something, you know, that's a blessing for us. Oh, we've got a great father. We are to reflect the father into the world. The world needs to see the goodness of God in and through his church. It's vital. It's vital. And lastly this, lastly this, guys. Unconditional love. Unconditional love. How can we do this part without crying? Unconditional love. Okay. We're going to be constantly held back if we feel that we can lose the love of God. You will constantly be held back if you feel you can lose the love of God because we will live in fear if our behavior or our circumstances can impact God's goodness towards you. You'll live in fear if you believe that your behavior or your circumstances can impact God's goodness towards you. See, his love for us, his love for us, reminds us of his constant goodness towards us. Get that? His love for us reminds us of his constant goodness towards us. You aren't defined by the best thing you've ever done or the worst thing you've ever done. Krish Kandai said you aren't defined by the worst thing that's ever been done to you. I love that. See, until we come to a place where we know actually we're defined by what the Father says about his kids. Until we live in this full understanding that he is a good father, this doubt can kind of linger there. Will he not love me as much? Because I messed up this week. I really messed up. You don't know my past. God can't love me in the same way and pour his goodness to me in the same way that he's doing it to you. No, 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 you don't know my past. Do you know how much he loves you? Do you know that? How do you know that? Jesus. Sunday school answer. Jesus. That's the sign, right? Jesus is the sign that he is a good father. It's the constant reminder that he's the good father, that he sent his son to come and die for you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he loves you. Have you guys considered the cross? If you're struggling with receiving the goodness of God, that God could possibly pour his favor into you and his goodness towards you, have you considered how much he loves you? Have you considered the cross? The physical pain of the cross, horrendous, terrible, yet nothing compared to bearing the wrath of God.
nothing compared to the breaking of the Trinity. Have you ever thought about that? That God loves you so much that that triune relationship of God the Father, God the Spirit, and God the Son, for that moment there at the, at the end of the cross, is broken from God the Son. God did to Jesus what you deserve to have happened to you. The Father turns his face away. It's hard, isn't it? The Father turns his face away. Imagine the pain of that moment. It rips the cosmos. It's a center point in time. There are earthquakes. There's an eclipse. The curtain in the temple is ripped in two. Guys, the pain and the heartache in that moment as God himself becomes broken for us. The Father and the Son went through that because they love you. And also so that you could know 100% that you could know that God will never, ever, 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 ever turn his face away from you. Never. See, God turned his face away from Jesus so he would never have to turn his face away from you. That's a good father. That's a good father. That is how secure you are in his love and how ready he is to pour his goodness and blessing into your life. So you can stand before the Lord, even in your failure, even with your past, even with your mistakes of this week, confident he isn't giving up on you, confident his love for you hasn't diminished one little bit, confident he's 120% for you. Why? Because of Jesus, not because of you. He's made you blameless. He's taken away from you all your sin and he's placed it on Christ and it's been dealt with. Everything that would ever make the Father turn his face away from you, reject you, Jesus took upon himself. So guys, come on. He's so good. He's so good. God poured out goodness towards you on the cross to bring you into a place so that he could continue to pour out goodness upon you through his favor and that abundant grace where you'd never need to earn it or deserve it. And the only thing that would ever stop it is being like that older son and not receive it, not live in it. His love is unconditional. His grace and mercy abounds. And he has come so that you may have life, and life in all its fullness. My prayer is that this foundation of God's goodness would settle in your hearts, would settle and be laid firm like a pouring of concrete in your hearts, become this foundation from which you build high and you build big and you build strong because of that as individuals and in your families and together as our community that we would then build strong as a church. So we're going to have this moment as Sarah plays, just this moment of response. It's a moment of time, it's a time just to pray. It's a moment for you to engage with God over this message. What's he been saying to you as I've shared? It's a moment where you can make decisions. Make decisions. Are you putting any changes? Are you changing something? Intentionally change your mind. Do that repenting about whatever it is tell him about it and I want to give an opportunity for anyone who's here today or listening to the podcast and you're saying 
I never knew God loved me that much. And I complete, I want, I want to receive Jesus. I want this relationship with God. I want to follow him today. I want him to be my papa God. I want him to be my dad. If that is you and you want to start following Jesus today, just say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for me. Thank you for paying the price for my sin, which I could never pay. Thank you, Jesus, for the free gift of righteousness. That now I can stand before God the Father blameless. I receive you today, Jesus. Jesus, I choose to follow you today. And make you Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your goodness towards me. Amen. As everyone's eyes are closed, if anyone, if anyone has prayed that prayer for the first time, you wouldn't have called yourself a believer, but you're making that choice to say, I want to follow Jesus. If anyone is here and that's you, please just, as everyone's eyes are closed, just pop your hand up in the air just so, so I know who to pray for. And also, if anyone's on the podcast listening, please contact us if you made that decision today and guys if you're here today and you're a believer and you think actually I need to change my mind and my thinking about the goodness of God just between you and him just I encourage you have that moment and just ask by the power of the Holy Spirit just to come and lay this foundation in your life that it may be rising in your heart maybe to do something right today step out into something trust him i want to encourage you guys make a note of that go away go, go away and come back and tell us when god comes through if you're asking him for something today come back and tell us when when he comes through father i just pray lord i thank you that you're just so incredible Jesus, thank you that you came to point the way to the Father. And Father, thank you that you are just, that you are love, that you invite each of us just into your presence, Lord. That as we go into your presence, as we dwell in your presence, we would remember that you are a good, good Father. Not a God to be approached in fear, but that you are a good, good Father. And Lord, I just pray that these foundations of pursuing your presence and being in your presence and and that you are a good father we just link together and build together and lay over each other lord and bless everybody here let's grow big let's grow strong 
in our lives as we walk. Holy Spirit, I pray through the week that you would testify and witness and work in each of our hearts wherever we're at, reminding us of the goodness of God, challenging us into stepping, stepping out on that goodness, Lord, and giving us peace as well where we may be in challenge in the goodness of God. In your great and awesome name, amen.